Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. In 1977, an eight-year-old boy picked up the game of golf from his father. The odds of that same boy winning the U.S. Open twice, one in 1.2 billion. The odds of him having a child diagnosed with autism? One in 110. Ernie Els encourages you to learn the signs of autism at AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to the second half of Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter.com slash Joy Keys. And you can become a fan on Facebook. Look up Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. And also now I'm on Instagram. So check me out there. I'm Saturdays with Joy Keys on Instagram. Wow. I am so honored and amazed to have this wonderful author with me this morning. Uh, it's a New York Times best-selling author. She was a uh, Oprah Book Club. I mean, this book you just need to get a box of tissues. You need to get a cup of tea. Um, you might want to have the windows open and, and a bright light day. Don't read it at nighttime. <laughs> um, but uh, Cynthia Bond's book, Ruby, is absolutely amazing. And uh, good morning, Cynthia. Thank you so much for calling in. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. Wow. How come you didn't have a warning label on the front of the book? <laughs> Well, because I wasn't I ready think, for it. I wasn't ready for it. I needed my mommy oh or somebody. My Come on. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, I think, you know, the the thing about it is that it took me over 10 years to write this. It was part of a 900-page a book that's now become a trilogy. And there are so many different things that happen in this book. Yes, there are some very difficult things, but... There's also this really palpable love that I felt so strongly writing it, and there's cobbler, and there's southern cooking, and there's the town gossip, and this fallen, ostracized woman. There's so many different things. So, yes, there are some difficult things, but that doesn't comprise the entire book. No, it, it does not. And let's start with that. Let's start with the idea of of love. And let's talk about it. I mean, we can go from the beginning as being a parent. You know, you're a parent, I'm a parent. And right. you know, how we care for how we care for our children. And in this book, that is so varied. There is love mm-hmm. from parents and then they're snatched away. Um talk about this this parental love and and what what how that ex- expresses itself because sometimes it's good and sometimes it's evil this parental love yeah you know i think that um i i started working on this book before i was a parent and 
at, but I was a social worker, and I worked with many, many, many different young people who had been thrown away, who were on the streets of Hollywood. I live in Los Angeles, and um, I saw what happened to them without parents, without people who cared for them. And it was it was really like the the song Rockabye Baby, and you know when the bow breaks, the cradle will fall. And mm-hmm. so much of this uh, story is what happens when the cradle falls, and what happens when it doesn't. And Ruby is the ultimate mother. Uh, she is a mother, and she's a mother to these lost souls, these lost children. But um, she also, in a weird way, in a is Ephraim, although he is not a mother, obviously, and he lost yeah. his mother, he is able to give her this care uh, in a way that she's never experienced before. And so yeah. it comes from odd and different sources. But it is, as a parent, it is so hard to know what happens in this world and, and what so many children face. Now, one of the things that this brings up is the idea of resiliency, I believe, because Ruby's character is extremely resilient. I mean, she should have broken, if you will. She should have died. Why has she not died by the end of the book, if you will, Um, because all the things that have occurred to her. And um, one of the – it was very hard for me to read. I kind of knew some of the things that were going to happen, so I was a little prepared, but not completely um, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, this, this issue of uh, what, what you have actually on your website, you talk about human trafficking, um, mm-hmm. and, and um, that is a really big issue. Now, at first, people may not connect your book with human trafficking, but I think if they mm-hmm. really read the words and see what's happening, this, this is a thing that's happening all over. And I think I like that you brought it close to home because nobody's thinking that those types of things are happening right in their backyard. You know, yeah, it's really I don't want to give true. away too much, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you talk about this, that there's, I mean, basically we have, uh, as black people, we've lived through slavery. There's so many people in this country whose history is connected with slavery. Uh, and basically there is still slavery in the world and it's very very powerful and it's happening everywhere and there are a lot of children involved in this and so it is the fastest growing uh crime industry globally and so i am not a you know i'm not a journalist i'm not uh i don't write nonfiction. This is a work of fiction, but it involves the reality of modern-day slavery. And I have had, um, you know, there have certainly been, as a writer, you read your reviews, and the uh, professional reviews uh, have all been really wonderful, but some of the mm-hmm. personal reviews, of course, you're compelled to read these on Amazon, Uh they're, they say things like, why would she write about this? What, what is, you know, wrong with her to have this subject matter woven within the book? And I simply say, we are walking among this 
reality every day. Every day. We don't know. I don't it, think people but... realize it. I don't they really mm-hmm. don't realize it. I mean, I did a show about human trafficking here and in, uh, in Philadelphia and in Chinatown here in Philadelphia in the walls of the store were women being kept. And the mm-hmm. only reason they got found is because the cable guy. I mean, that's the, the cable yeah. guy found and contacted the police, but in this was in a store. So you would have walked in the store. You wouldn't even known they were in there, but they were in there on cots in the walls of the store right. and, being kept you know, and, in, in, your, mm-hmm. in your town, not far away. And that, I think that's why it's important. It's not something you want to think about. It's ugly, and you interweave it with religion and love and all these things. So it's kind of hard to digest. But it's right there. It is right there. We don't want to think about it, and uh, it's unfortunate. Well, what you I, know, right. um, and what I want, what I ask my reader to do is, I, I ask my reader to, you know, there's a line that Ephraim says, "If you can bear to have lived it, I can bear to listen." And I do ask the reader to bear witness. I, I am a strong believer in crafting an interesting story. This is not a soapbox. I'm not beating a drum. Nothing like no. that. But no, not I at all. I don't do, think so. I do really want, and, and also it's a paradigm uh, shift. It's an understanding because we're all very familiar and will often read a book knowing that it's a book that deals with the Holocaust or something that's happened in Rwanda, or we are familiar, or South Africa, we're familiar with these things happening, with slavery. This is something we all know about. We've heard these stories. They're part of our cultural uh, language, our understanding. This is something that's not. And so when you write about it, it, there's this element of shock and why, why would you, but it's, it's simply another story. It's a difficult subject matter, but so are, you know, so was Sophie's Choice, so were so many of these other stories, and I'm asking that we understand that modern-day slavery can be woven into a story. Let's talk about this issue of incest, um, and child abuse, because that kind of is a jumping point for so many of the characters' flaws, if you will. Um, For example, Reverend Jennings, you know, why is he the way he is? Why is he treating these young women this way? And then you find out about his history. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, because I was wondering, like, what in the world? Did, what side of? Why did you wake up so angry this morning? You know, um, um, uh, but it's also stereotypical in the sense of the person who's held in high esteem in the community um, mm-hmm. that he can do all these things and get away with it because nobody will question. Like yeah. they would never question that the reverend would be doing some, you know, backwoods um, things uh, with children. You know. Um, but but he's a broken spirit, and you're a social worker, so let's talk about that. So hurt people hurt people. They do, but I want to really, and it's true. I mean, it is that what happens to a dream deferred. It's also what happens to a human spirit deferred. And 
when people splinter, they can become many different things, and it it is like seeds thrown into what kind of soil are you thrown into? How do you, and it can be, everyone can be different. But I also want to talk about the reality of, and this is going back to a bit of your earlier question about resilience. Yes, this there is abuse in this story, but it's very much, and I think men, for men as well, but for women, I think so many of us have experienced some form of understanding what it's like to be in these bodies and to sometimes have very negative things happen to us, um, whether it's being in an office and hearing a horrible joke or harassment or abuse or rape, any of those things. So many women experience this, and part of what the story says and part of what Ruby's journey is is that we as a human race as as a as a people we can withstand anything we are the human spirit is so resilient and it is able to grow anywhere and um i was on uh, oprah winfrey's show super soul sunday and she asked mm. me about a line in the book, and it was um, the audacious hope of rooted things. And one of the things that I mentioned there um, is that a, the human spirit is like a seed. You can plant it anywhere, and it will try to grow. It will try to grow. And some, it never is depressed. It never uh, says, oh, I'm not going to mm. try to make it today. It's, its very essence is always reaching towards sunlight. And that's what, that's what we are like. That's who we are. And so ultimately, my goal is that this is a story of hope. And it's a story of knowing that if you've walked through something, you can, you can make it through that. If you're going through something difficult, you can survive it, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Let's talk. You wanted to talk that it is love. There's several different, oh my, so many different love stories. There's the brother and sister love um, between Celia and Ephraim. She cares for him, you know, like a mother uh, working, you know, day and night to keep the house clean, to feed him, to bandage his, bandage his you know, ailments and everything. Um, there's the love that actually between, which we find out later, um, now, there's this issue of bisexuality in the book, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, there's yeah. there's um, on both sides between uh, w- a woman and woman and man and man, and um, it mm. seems fluid. What is your view about love? Does it matter whether you love a man or a woman? I mean, can it be either way, or or you have to be one? Because, you know, some people think you're if you're gay, you're gay. You can't go back. You can't come back to the other side, you know what I mean? What's your opinion well, about that? Well, I yeah, I think that um that love is fluid, that people fall in love with souls. I think that um I that's I believe that. And so I do believe that there are people who are completely attracted to their people who are only attracted to the opposite sex and there are people who are only attracted to the same sex. And there mm. are people who live in a in a fluid way who under, you know, if you have to give 
uh, label. It would be bisexual, but really, it's um, it is fluid. And I think that uh, you know, my mother grew up in this little bitty town in East Texas, and it was Liberty Community instead of Liberty Township. And mm. so much of the story, what happened to um, Neva is what happened to her sister. Um, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, and so there are so many parts that are based in truth, but um, I just think that uh, then... You know, yes, sometimes this person was with someone. They didn't talk about it very much, but there was. People knew that this is just what happens. And, you Mm -hmm. know, the old aunts, you know, who aren't really aunts living together for 30 years, you know, that's just what happens. And so, but it is so politicized now. and, And it has to be in a way because there is discrimination, but... But for Ruby, she flows and connects. And sometimes, you know, when she's in New York, uh, it is with uh, women and uh, and even, you know, and sometimes and but it's also with Ethan. men. Yeah, but also Ethan. Yeah, you he, know, he, for, for – and, and yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Well, for Ephraim, you know, or Ephraim, either way, um, he yeah. – uh, I think that a lot of young men – um, experiment or have these moments with friends, and I've talked to a lot of men, and you know, before they are with women or before they can have that opportunity, they do some experimentation with male friends. So for Ephraim, it's not so much that he is bisexual, it's this you know, he's seen this thing, he's seen this you know, uh, Percy said, you know, come to the barn and see what, you know, this is What's like. What's going on and so out there. He yeah. and his friends peek and they see this thing and it's wonderful and exciting to see this older boy with this girl. And so they're like, oh, we want to, what is that? We want to so, do that same thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we want to do that. Oh, but we don't have, so, and so that's Ephraim's story. He is not bisexual, but this was a a period of exploration that I think, you okay. know, many men I've spoken to have had that. But if he had been, that would be fine. It just, that wasn't mm-hmm. his particular trajectory. Okay. Now let's talk about this issue. There's also sexism in the book. I mean, this this hate for 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 women and that women can't and aren't capable. Yet many of the women are extremely smart, extremely bright, but they they stomped out their dreams or put them on the shelves for other people. Um, you know, from from Ephraim's mom to his sister. Um, you know, even. Um, just so many women they put their things to the side. I think that happens in life a lot. Women put yeah, their dreams really to the side does. for someone else, you know, and and mm-hmm. and then they're squashed. Um, unfortunately, they give it to somebody they think that's going to care and love for it, but nobody can care and love for your dream more than you can, you know. That is um, such a great point. That's I I feel like we all deal with that. I deal with it. It's I've dealt mm-hmm. with that in my life. I think so many people. Um, I'm reading this, uh, I think so many people have lived that, you know, there's the novel they always wanted to write that they don't write. 
It's mm-hmm. the, the you know going back to med school or going to get a college degree or some dream that they have never uh, been able to reach. And I'm reading this amazing book right now uh, called The War of Art. And really it's all about the resistance and what stops us from achieving our our dreams, the things that we want. And I would say there's so many people who live their entire lives with a dream that they've never allowed to come into fruition. And sadly, I think many, many women have done this because we're taught at a young age, or at least, I mean, I just think society says that your role, and and this was the way in my mom's generation, but, and luckily she was able to break that mold, but, but it, that message is still today. Even if you're, working it is this idea that you are the caretaker you that is your responsibility so if you're working mm-hmm. a 40 hour week and you're married you might still be the one who cooks all the meals Come and goes to the PTA right, meeting does all of that stuff yes. so i just right. think this is this is such a part of our society and i fight it every day i fight that resistance every single day in order to be able to write, and I fought it my whole life. I think not just their dreams, but let's also talk very specifically in the book about the sexuality of a woman. That you know, yes. in the book, there's a she's a whore or she's pristine. It's like she's either one or the other, and that women people. That's I I don't believe that. I think you can be sexual as a woman and be, want to have pleasure as a woman, and that does not make you a whore. But if a woman sleeps with I ten know. men or wants to uh, explore, you know, different aspects of her sexuality, then she's a whore. But if she stays in a house and doesn't show any urges, if you will, then she's, you know, the Madonna. Um, you know, is talk to what's your um, feelings about that issue? I think that that is. It is so much a part of of what I'm I wrote about really. It is this idea of how women are often pigeonholed into one role or the other and how um we're taught that we can be one or the other. And so it it really is such a constraint and it it holds uh, us hostage and it, it is happening again all over the world. You know, if a woman in some places, we were in Abu Dhabi uh, for a book festival, and I respect every culture, but if you show your face in in some areas of the world, you are considered too brazen, too mm-hmm. you know, or, or not, and so. We are responsible for how a man might feel towards us. So I just think that we are many things. We are multifaceted. We are sexual beings. We are mothers. We are sisters. We are daughters. And we are lovers. We <laughs> we are so many yeah. things. But in, in Ruby in particular, yes, uh, we are told that uh, the women are told that you are one thing or another. And you and have it's through to the voice of religion, though. In, in religion, mm-hmm. you use religion in the book. 
um, as a sword or as a paddle, as a hammer sometimes even, I feel that, you know, you got to go this way or that way. Or in the terms of Reverend Jennings, um, you know, he just uses religion as a, I don't know, a hatchet to, to cut through people, to cut through lands, to cut through everything, you know, to get whatever he needs. Now, real quick, we're kind of getting close to time. There's spirituality, not just Christian spirituality, but there's this other spirit, um, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing the Daibu, Daibui? Oh, you're saying How it are right, you saying yeah. Daibu. Okay, mm-hmm. Daibu. And talk to the audience a little bit about what the Daibu is. Okay, so I do want to just touch on briefly what you said about um, Christianity and how religion can be used. I believe that there are so many devout and wonderful people who are living a spiritual life, and, and I am as well, but there are also there's a lot of hypocrisy in in religion, and there are people who who don uh, this particular habit, and they are creating great harm in the world. And uh, as a social worker, I found that as well that um, there were many people who were drawn to that field, and some of them were drawn for for very devious. Uh, reasons, uh, because it was a bit like shooting fish in a barrel. The most vulnerable mm. among us are the most. But the Daibu is, um, he's sort of the manifestation of this idea that uh, power over or uh, annihilation is more powerful than creation. And he is the product of, uh, <laughs> of uh, an old belief that, um, uh, that an old spiritual belief that is very, very negative and has to do with spells and New Orleans uh, magic. Mm. And he is a part of that. But really, uh, I I created that energy, that spirit um, to, to show what that force is in the world that is trying to destroy. And ultimately creation is, is stronger Um, And just the last quick thing, if I have a second, um, any fool on earth can crush an ant, you know, but the creation of an ant is miraculous, what they're able to do. And so always destruction is weaker than creation, but Mm. when you're living through it, it doesn't feel that way. Yes, yes, I, I agree. The characters are definitely going through tunnels and looking for the light and i think they do find the light eventually uh maybe not in the places where they thought um and i think mm-hmm. that um people get their power back um even though dust is put at the edge of doorways <laughs> if you will uh-huh. to stop them and from getting really their power about, right and just it really is about if you believe the lie of annihilation, if you believe the lie that you are nothing, if you're told you're nothing, you're a whore, you're this, you're that, as long as you believe that lie, you are in bondage. But once Mm -hmm. you're able to break free of that lie and see the truth of who you truly are, then you find freedom. Yes, I agree. I agree. Well, thank you so much, Cynthia, for coming on today. I'll be giving away some copies of your book, Ruby. Um, check out her website, CynthiaBond.com. Um, just amazing. Now, when can we, you know, of course, knowing that it's a trilogy, I'm like, 
when is the next book coming? <laughs> right. Well, it's due to my publisher uh, next year, so it'll probably come out um, in 2017. And I'm also working on the screenplay for Harpo Films. I was, they uh, hired me to do that, which I'm Oprah's Film Company, which I'm very excited. I'm about three pages from being finished, and oh, so I'm really, yay. really excited about that too. Oh, I would be totally excited. Congratulations for that. And just, I would love to see the film. I definitely can see that, you know, being an Oprah project. Um, it's absolutely amazing story. Thank you so much for writing it. I think it's something that needs to be written. Um, and like you said, I think the core is um, the issue of resiliency and hope and belief and not believing the lie. I think to me, is, yeah. that, is that, would you agree? Yeah. Yep. That you've said okay. it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Cynthia, for coming on today, and um, I hope you have a wonderful for Saturday, having great me. weekend. Oh, well, thanks, definitely come thanks. back when you write the second book. Definitely come back. Okay, sounds great. Sounds great. All right, we'll stay. We, we'll stay in touch. I'll talk okay. to you later. Okay. All right. Bye bye. All right. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I just got off the phone with author Cynthia Bond about her book Ruby. Amazing, amazing story. You need to read this book. I'll be giving away some copies, so you want to follow me at Joy Keys on Twitter and become a fan on Facebook. Uh, also, tag me on Instagram, and you can win a copy of the book. Uh, it's going to be a film based on what she's saying, so look out for that. And she's writing two other books to connect with this book, Ruby. You guys have a wonderful Saturday, and thank you so much for tuning into the show. The odds of becoming a signed artist and having three number one albums? One in 100 million. The odds of going on to win six Grammy Awards? One in 1.4 million. The odds of this performer having a child diagnosed with autism? One in 110. I'm Tony Braxton, and I encourage you to learn the signs of autism at AutismSpeaks.org. Autism Speaks. It's time to listen. Brought to you by Autism Speaks in the Ad Council. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.